Welcome back to Entertainment Talk. Today I'm here to do another film review. This one's going to be for Thor, Love and Thunder, which is the fourth Thor film. I have to say that slowly. Uh, but I'm your host, Matthew, and uh, yeah, let's get straight into things here. I'm very excited to talk about this film today because I really, really enjoyed this film a lot. Uh, so let's get into our rating system. By the way, we're starting off spoiler-free if you're worried about me spoiling this film for you. Uh, I'm going to get into spoilers in the second half, but don't worry about that yet. Also, apologies if I cough or sound weird, I'm still sick, but it was good that I was able to get out today to see this film, which I'm glad that I did. Um, very glad that I did, both because it made me feel better and because <coughs> because I had a very good time, so that's good. Um, must see 10 out of 10. Um, no question for me, really. What I think worked for, for me so well with this film, that there's a lot of things that really worked well for me with this film. As much as I very much enjoyed... Because there's, there's a bigger bit, sort of like, overall discussion about the MCU to be had. As much as I've enjoyed, you know, seeing Hawkeye, introducing Kate Bishop, and Miss Marvel being introduced, and Moon Knight being introduced, and Loki coming back, and, you know, um, America Chavez being in um, Doctor Strange, and introducing her, and bringing Doctor Strange back. And obviously you've got Wonder in that film, and everything else, and you've got um, Wong in there, and all those characters. As much as I've enjoyed that, and I've very much enjoyed Phase 4, which some people don't seem to have, but if you haven't, then that's fine. It was admittedly good to get back to the core, one of the core Avengers members, which is Thor in this case. It it was good to, I think, at least for me, now was that good time to do it. Because we've had, you know, week to week Miss Marvel episodes. We've just come out of the season of Moon Knight and all this other kind of shows. And we've been in, we've spent so much time recently uh introducing new characters, which is something that the MCU needs to do because it needs to set up characters to tell the story of Phase 4. But it was good to get back to one of the one of the OGs, one of the originals of this whole excuse me, MCU thing. As well as getting back to not OG characters, but like long-serving characters, so like the Guardians of the Galaxy, and Jane, and Valkyrie, and all these other, and like Korg, and all these, all these other characters that we've, we've known for a bit of time as well, but weren't sort of like, like the Guardians aren't sort of original, um, Avengers characters or whatever, like they were introduced later down the line, weren't they? I think in Phase 2, the Guardians were introduced, if I'm not mistaken, because the first phase is all about, uh, obviously, you know, the Avengers characters getting that group set up. So it's good to get back to those and sort of like, hey, we've done a bunch of like films and shows recently introducing new characters. Let's put that to the side for now. Of course, Miss Marvel's finale is next week uh, or on Wednesday, but it was good to do that. One of the things that works so well for me in this film is that this film to me is like a very good package <coughs> of lots of good things. And all of those things I very much enjoyed. Now, when you've got the chemistry of Thor, Jane, Valkyrie, Guardians, um, and some other character, uh, Korg, and some other characters here and there, because to me, if if you're not a f- if you're not a fan of Thor as a character, obviously you may have made up your mind already that you're not going to see this film. Because I haven't been that much into Thor as a character. I mean, for me. In terms of the core Avengers group, my favourite Avenger is either Captain America or Iron Man. Um, but I almost think that the character development with those two has been a bit better than what we've had with Thor. The character development we've got here with Thor got me to appreciate the character a bit more. This to me feels like a a sort of better a better version of Ragnarok is how I would describe this film because first Thor the first Thor film came out, which before this film was my favourite one. Thor Dark World, we don't talk about that. Thor Ragnarok was, Thor Ragnarok was almost Tahika, is it Tahika Wahiti? Is that his name? Um, The director, and obviously the, the voice of Korg. I feel like Ragnarok was a sort of test run 
of can we do a bit more a bit more of a comedic version of Thor, but one that you can still tell is going through things. I don't think that works as well in Ragnarok. Certainly is not as well as it does here. I think that works a lot better here. And I was trying to get a good read on Thor's character in this film. And you know how people in life in different situations we try to sometimes use comedy to mask our grief in certain situations <coughs> i think it's that phrase of you know if you don't if you don't um uh if you don't cry if you don't laugh you'll cry right thor is doing that here a few times you can tell he's got some feelings about things going on i mean he's been through a lot and it gets uh, there's a brilliant little part i think closer to the start where um where Korg is, I think it's in the trailer, he's like, hey, let me tell you the story of Thor Odinson, aka all this other names and that, and he kind of goes through Thor's story, and you're like, oh yeah, he's lost Loki, and he's lost all these characters, he's lost his dad, and he's lost Loki like 50 times, and lost Asgard, and all this other sort of stuff, and you're like, okay, this guy's been through a fair amount, and I, I just think that the attempt at doing the comedy stuff, while still having like, you're going through some stuff, aren't you? And other characters being around him for that. I think that works so much better here than it does in in Ragnarok. And to those who are kind of like... Who have seen... Because I've seen some comments this week. Of course I have. About like... Oh, Tika's trying to turn um, Thor into like a clown, jester, punch bag, laughing... You know, a joke, basically, in this film. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll keep that in mind and, get, and give my own judgment of that. I don't think that's the case. I, I would disagree with that opinion. If you want to think that, then it's up to you. Um, but no, I, I got a bit of, I got a lot better of a read of Thor's character and where he's at, and also ended up liking Thor more after this film. Which it took us four films to get there, four Thor films to get there, um, <coughs> which is a uh, a bit of a problem. But of course, the first one's got a different director. I can't remember who directed the second one. So this is really Tahika trying to do his own thing with Thor. Which is okay. Um, but seeing as Thor is still, you know, here anyway and all that kind of stuff, you can do even more work with him. I also think... This is something I... My next point. Also something I think works very well with Thor. I'm not saying he can't hold his own ground. Because I think he can. Obviously, all these, all of these four... Thor films are, you know, his. He's the main character. I think Thor is better as a character when he's got other characters around him to bounce off of. Not to sort of lift him up as a character. I'm not saying it in terms of like, oh no, I can't, you know, watch a Thor film. He, he, you know, needs these other characters around him. I'm not not saying it in that sort of way as to sort of lift the character up. I think it helps... His particular character's personality. In terms of giving him those characters to bounce off of. And having Jane, Guardians, Korg, all all these other characters. I think really, really helps. And particularly in this film, of course, he's got the Guardians of the Galaxy with him. um, For a period of time. And that works really, really well. His his, uh, comedic chemistry, not only with Chris, um, Chris Pratt, of course... How, how could I? How could I almost forget Chris Pratt's name? Is in everything now. <laughs> um, him again coming back as Star Lord. I think the comedic chemistry between the two of them is great. I think you could do like a body cop sort of thing if you wanted to. At one point, you could do like a paired off film. But one thing, <coughs> excuse me, in uh, Ragnarok that really worked, and something I was quite happy with is Hulk is in that film. That really helps. In the first Thor film and the second one. Obviously, there's other characters in the film. Jane is in those older films as well. But he doesn't really have those people to bounce off of in the same way. Uh, especially in uh, Thor The Dark World. So, again, I, I think that's something that just helps the character. And that's that's brilliant here. It really, really is brilliant. Um, and again, with Tahika's attempt at doing comedy and Thor being... The, the, comedic, the comedic sort of heart relief... Not heart relief. The, the heart of, like what's going on and the comedic relief uh but so everybody else is kind of funny as well like Korg is really quite funny I was laughing at you know some lines from him and everything um yeah it was it was really really brilliant I thought so 
Uh, and for me, in terms of like my, my biggest scope opinion, I suppose, definitely my favourite and the best Thor film. I think this is one of the MCU's and one of Marvel's best films. Not maybe top five, but I think this goes somewhere in the top ten of the MCU, which is some, saying something because it's got 28... I think I heard the other day it was like 28 films because after Spider-Man, I think it was 21 or something. So it's, it's between like 25 to 30 now, isn't it? Something like that. I don't know the exact number, but, um, you know, 25 plus films, I would put this probably somewhere in the top 10. It might be 10th, but I'd put this somewhere in the top 10 for me. Um, I also feel like this is one of my favourite comic book films. Um, again, not top 5, maybe, maybe if I was doing one of my really long lists, it would be... I mean, how many how many comic book films have I seen at this point? Obviously, that includes DC, that includes other films as well. Um... Maybe top 10, top 15, but one of my favourite comic book films, certainly. Um, what this has just done for the character of Thor and and everything like that, I, I, I just think is, is really, really good. Um, talk about some other stuff in the film. Um, performances. You talk about before, I'll talk about next like performances and pacing and all that sort of stuff as well. Um, Christian Bale here is kind of the standout. Um, although there's lots of other great performances throughout. I knew nothing about Gore, the God Butcherer. He's brilliant. He's very, very brilliant. He's really quite intimidating as well. Obviously on a Marvel level, but he's got a presence about him which is good. Um, yeah, one of my favourite, more favourite sort of Marvel MCU villains. I think he's really, really quite interesting. Because he can do both the kind of like quiet intimidate because you've got those villains right that are sort of like they won't do their own dirty work but they've got that intimidation so like, like a Gus Fring for example like Gus Fring obviously from Breaking Bad Better Call Saul <coughs> he will maybe kill you himself he'll probably get someone else to do it but he'll be really really intimidating then you've got those other villains that like they don't really do the intimidation thing but they're really fierce right they're, they're really like you know tough to fight against Gore's really good at doing both of those things. That doesn't mean that he's better than Gus. I'm not. I'm just giving an example of a villain. He's both quite intimidating with his like speeches and all that kind of stuff, and kind of an interesting fighter as well. Because when you when when you look at Gore and when he like takes his uh, hood off and all that kind of stuff, I was kind of looking at him and thinking, there's not much like armor on you. It's basically a guy in a big robe <laughs> sort of thing. Um, but he's really, really good with his sword. He's really, really good with the sword. He's also got like other powers and stuff. He can, um, he can do some like Vecna-related stuff as well. If you've, if those of you have been watching Stranger Things, um, not the lifting thing. He can do like things with vines and all this kind of stuff. It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty, pretty good. Um, also really good at fighting with his sword and that kind of stuff. So, um, but no, I thought you know Christian Bale has now been, of course, Batman. And has been a villain in the MCU. Um, yeah, gives gives me. Uh, it gave me a bit more of him as an actor because although I've seen Christian Bale in other things, um, this I feel gets his range in a different place. Because although you know Batman with his speeches and stuff is an intimidating character, he's more of a hero character. You could argue vigilante, but with this, you got to you got to see that intimidation side from Christian Bale, but on a villain. Like on a full-on villain side, and I thought that was really good. Um, couple of performances: Tahika Wahiti again, Korg. Um, I liked him even more in this film. There's a particular thing with Korg that is going on uh, that happens that I thought was really interesting and kind of made him almost even funnier. Um, but I thought that was really good. <coughs> uh, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth as Thor, uh, I thought was brilliant as well. Um, so. No, no worries there. Um, Natalie Portman is Jane Foster. Good to have her back. Uh, cool, she is the the mighty Thor this this time around. Because uh, she's got what's the name of the hammer? M- Minor. Um, Thor's hammer. Uh, and then uh, Thor's got like Stormbreaker. That's kind of how it's sort of working, which you've seen in the trailer anyway. So uh, that was really good. So good to have her back. Um, Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie. Um, I think she might be one of my favorite comic book characters. Valkyrie, not just Marvel, not just DC, but for comic book characters. Um, 
again, I just I I think this film just does a much better job of fleshing these characters out than what Ragnarok did. Because as I'm going through this and talking about, because there is there is similarities between this and Ragnarok, but I just think this is a better attempt to do what Tahika wanted to do. Maybe he got it slightly wrong because I, I I remember I remember liking Ragnarok. I think um, I can't remember what score or rating I gave it or anything, but because that was before when was that? That was before Infinity War, wasn't it? Ragnarok. Um. I think so, yeah. So obviously, you had, like Stormbreaker was different and stuff then. So, um, but no, I just think this this film did such a such a better job of fleshing these characters out, and as a result, with Valkyrie, she's landed as one of my more favourite comic book characters, and Korg as well. As I said, with 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 all of these characters, really, but I do think Tessa Thompson as a Valkyrie to, to me is a big kind of standout, and I I really really enjoyed her character. Uh, you got Russell Crowe as Zeus. <coughs> Which um, some people have been mentioning about like. Oh look at him in this film as opposed to Zeus in Zack Snyder's Justice League. And I'm like. You're joking. They're clearly different. They're not even the same version of the character. Like. Go, go and look at Zeus in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Who by the, it doesn't even have as big as a role of, as what this version of Zeus does. They're clearly not supposed to even be the same like, because you can have different interpretations of characters, right? Like, I'm sure I'm sure in different comic versions of Thor, in the Marvel comic books, that he's different to what he is here. It's called interpretations. It's called, you know, each person's different versions. I mean, how many decades have we had these comic books going on for? How many different people have written, written these different comic books? Um, so, of course, there's not going to be... Zeus, is, Zeus, Zeus isn't going to be the same in every version, you know... <coughs> so anyway, um, yeah, I thought he was really good. Uh, quite enjoyed his character. Um, yeah, and as I said, the Guardians were good. I'm just sort of scrolling through the cast list, mentioning who was in this film and that. Uh, Star Lord was great. All the Guardians are really good as well. Star Lord's a bit of a, a bit a bit of a particular standout with the Guardians, just because he's in like certain scenes with um, with Thor, which is really good. A nice kind of bromance going on there, which is cool. Um, I think that's everything for the spoiler-free part. One of my favourite Marvel films, one of my favourites... I said DC films. One of my favourites comic book films, and quite easily... I mean, in terms of my favourite... In terms of ranking the Thor films, I would... So, from best to worst, I would go Love and Thunder. Love and Thunder. Um, first one, Ragnarok, Dark World, I think. I think this is this is better than the other three. The first one is a bit it is a bit different to all the other ones, but I think that one's better than the other two. Ragnarok was a good attempt at doing what this is doing, but this is a better version of it. Not in terms of plot, but like characters and tone and you know that sort of thing, and comedy as well. And Dark World is just kind of forgettable. <laughs> so unfortunately, I can't remember who who directed. Um, because there was a different person with the first, first Thor film, wasn't there? Thor the Dark, who directed that one? Alan Taylor, who directed the first one? Thor, 2011. Kenneth Braun. Yeah, that's a name I'd kept hearing recently. So yeah, he's gone through, Thor has gone through three Directors, there's a lot of tease for me in this podcast, isn't there? Um, but I, th- I think what I think I don't know necessarily about like if this is the best, if if this director's vision is the best version or whatever. But it's the version that's worked the best, I think, so far. Like if the other two directors had gotten more film attempts, like Tahika's had his second chance here. Then they may have perfected their vision more. But so far what Tahika's doing to me is working slightly better. At least with this second attempt. So I'm good with that at the moment. So yeah. 66% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's very low. Oh well. It's all about opinion isn't it? So. Um, 
anyway, that's it for my spoiler-free thoughts. Um, pacing, structure. Pacing structure, by the way, really quite good. Um, yeah, had had no real sort of issues there. I wasn't sort. I wasn't sort of thinking like, oh, how long is left, or this is really slow, or oh, you're jumping too much between characters and that sort of stuff. No, all that. I I had no issues there, whatsoever. In fact, I almost forgot to mention it because I had no sort of particular issues with that. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that was very very good. Um, right, let's take a break for a second, talk about Manscaped, and then in the second half of the podcast. Um, I'm going to get into spoilers, but I'll let you know when we're going to do that. First of all, let's talk about Manscaped. Alright, so Manscaped, of course, is uh, a men's grooming service where you can go and buy various different products from them to improve your male grooming. Uh, Whether you want to get some Manscaped products for yourself or gift them to somebody else, up to you, of course. But uh, we've got got good news for you if you don't want to pay the full price. For your Manscaped order, we've got a good deal with them. So thanks to them for sponsoring Entertainment Talks podcast. If you use the promo code ETALKUK, that's E-T-A-L-K-U-K, you can get 20% off your order and free shipping with Manscaped. Um, so go over to their website. There's various different products over there. There's different shavers, different razors, um, <coughs> different sort of kits and stuff that you can buy as well. So if you don't want just individual items, if you want actual like full kits of stuff, which is quite good. Uh, you can sort of tailor that a bit more to yourself and all that sort of thing. Um, or if you want individual products, you can buy those as well. Um, and they're really, really good products. So go over to Manscaped's website. Uh, you, if you don't want it, you don't even have to type in Manscaped, by the way. You can click on the link in the show notes. Uh, if you scroll down a little bit, you'll see the link for that in your show notes. Uh, go over to Manscaped's website, have a bit of a browse of the products, maybe have a read of them, have a look at what they look like and everything, and make a choice for yourself. Uh, but don't forget that promo code ETALKUK, E-T-A-L-K-U-K, 20% off your order and free shipping with Manscaped. Um, so yeah, put that in. You can either put it uppercase, lowercase, first letter can be capital, however you want to type it in. That's up to you. Just make sure you press apply and it actually works because that's important as well. So, uh, But very professionally made products, very well put together. Packaging is great. Nothing's going to arrive ripped or destroyed or broken or anything like that. Uh, the products don't feel like they're going to break, um, which is good as well. You don't want them to break, of course. So very, very good stuff over there from Manscaped. Thanks very much to Manscaped for sponsoring Entertainment Talks podcast, and thank you very much for listening. Hi there. If you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name, we've got good news for you. With our affiliate link with Kualu, you can click on that link, which is in your show notes, which is for our affiliate link. You can go over to Kualu to get started with your website and domain name today. They've also got a very handy chat support system, which is usually in the bottom right hand corner, to send messages back and forth to Kualu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today. So that's Kualu, and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today. Thank you very much to Kualu for this affiliate link. Hi there, if you'd like to get rid of the ads in Entertainment Talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes, we've got good news for you there as well. You can subscribe to Entertainment Talk at either the $5 level tier or $10 level tier. The $5 level tier will get you access to all of Entertainment Talk's previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcasts that we make in the month that you're subscribed for. If you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier, that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned, and it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show, or a film review of your choice. So if you if there's a TV show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it, we can watch two episodes of that TV show or film review. So it's one of either of those per month. Of course, if you continue subscribing each month, you can pick a TV show, then a film the next month and so on and so forth. This is a great way to support entertainment talk, get your ad-free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice. Thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening. Back to the show. Alright, it's time for that spoiler section. If you've not seen Thor Love and Thunder, um, I don't know which part I'm going to jump onto first, but if you've not seen Thor Love and Thunder, if you've not got your hands free, if you're driving or carrying bags or shopping or holding your baby, or I, I don't know what you might be doing, but you could be doing a number of different things. Um, maybe you're doing your lawn mowing, your gardening, whatever you're doing. If you've not seen Thor Love and Thunder, if you've not got out to see it yet, uh, this is your chance to switch off the podcast. So press mute, back, pause, homepage, take out your earphones. Turn your volume all the way down. 
Um, in the meantime, you can of course listen to a different piece of our content or some music or maybe some nice relaxing ASMR if you'd like to do that as well. Alright, let's get into the spoiler section. What do I want to talk about first? Um, what do I want to talk about first? Okay, I'll talk about the two things that surprised me the most. The two things that actually did make me go, oh, like in a, <laughs> in quite a good way. Um, I'll start off with the lighter version of the two because there's there's two that made me sort of gasp a bit, but one was a lighter gasp than the other. So I'll start off with the lighter one first. So um, so Darcy was in this film. Cat uh, Dennings, of course, last seen in Wonder Vision. Might not be a big surprise to all of you, but I just kind of wasn't expecting to see her here, which I thought was really good. She pops up. She's basically chatting to uh, Jane. Of course, Jane is going through. Her cancer, uh, unfortunately, stage four, which is not very nice. But um, I don't know. It was a, it was a nice little. No, it wasn't really a cameo. I wouldn't really call it a cameo appearance. A cameo is like, hey, I'm here, goodbye. <laughs> um, or cameo is more like the Hercules thing that kind of happened. But no, I thought it was nice to see her. It's, it's, I guess you know she's got a good friendship still going on with Jane. That's important for both characters. And she showed up in a scene where it made sense. She did the job that she needed to do, and I thought that was really good. So yeah, it was good to see uh, good to see Darcy back. Um, not quite sure what she's been up to since One Division, but it was good to see her again. My bigger gasp moment, because um, by the way, I did get the Hercules cameo spoiled. I wasn't it not not in the bad sense of like, you know, when I had the whole of Doctor Strange two spoiled for me. Nothing on that degree. <laughs> Because uh, I was spoiled about every single, I was spoiled for every single cameo that happened in Doctor Strange Two, um, which you can listen to my review for that. Um, so I didn't have as big as like, oh, shock kind of thing for for the Hercules thing at the end. But that's not what I was going to talk about. Uh, Jane coming back, she is in, and Heimdall was was there as well. I can't remember what he called the place, but they're in this heaven esque sort of place. I guess is where I guess is where dead. Asgardian people go to. That's my guess for that. That could open up some very interesting doors for the MCU. I'm not saying that that's going to be like, oh, Iron Man's going to be there and Natasha's going to be there, and you know, like, I don't think it will work that way. I think this is specific to certain Asgardian characters. Um, but that was quite interesting. Um, because like she pops up. And, and and the interesting thing is with because the, there's two post credit scenes right the first one is the Hercules thing, which I will talk about in a second, um, and the other is of course after the long credits I kind of thought like oh they're gonna have a scene where one of the goats is doing its screaming, thing right. I forgot to mention in the spoiler free section the goats were hilarious they were really funny <laughs> don't know why I forgot to mention that but now you know anyway so. Um, <coughs> But, yeah, so we go to the uh, heaven scene. Heimdall called it something, but I can't remember what it was. And she appeared, which I thought was great. And I was like, oh. But immediately it wasn't sort of like, oh, you're backing out of killing her off. Because this was clearly somewhere else, straight away. Um, It's not as if she just appeared next to Thor and be like, hey, I'm back. Um, Which, you know comic books characters can come back to life in different ways we, we've seen it happen before I mean how many times has Loki died you know um but no I thought that was pretty good and I was like oh she's back and oh okay she's a different place like where is this there's an interesting mystery and then Heimdall shows up and I was like oh okay that's, that's also really cool you know Idris Elba he's a great actor and then like oh we're in this new kind of place I don't think we've seen that place before either I don't know if that's some sort of new thing that's been been made I, I'm not completely sure but that was uh that was nice that was nice because I was kind of feeling a little bit when they get to the end of this film and you've got um Gore's daughter who's being trained by Thor she's wielding um Stormbreaker and he's got the hammer and they do the jump thing at the end which is quite cool and I was kind of thinking at that point like oh you killed off Jane and you're gonna put this young girl in place which is fine no problem there but like I kind of wish Jane was still here you know uh which did give me a feel of a sense of stakes it it did and those stakes remained when even though she's still alive she's in this other heavenly sort of place but I was like oh it would be like I like that this other character's here but mm, 
did did you miss an opportunity with Jane? That's what I was kind of thinking, and then she's she's back anyway in this kind of thing. So, um, because if Jane was gonna remain as a sort of one and done, like oh she's gonna pick up the hammer for one film and be really badass with it, and then we're gonna kill her off and that's it, I felt like you would have had a bit of a missed opportunity with this film or, or with this character rather, and I'm I'm glad they didn't do that. So I'm I'm very happy with the route that they took with all of those things basically. And like, okay, Gore, and he died, and but his daughter survived and everything. She's got uh, Stormbreaker, she's with Thor. Jane is, is dead, but she's somewhere else that we can easily visit. Um, so she's like, we have, to, we have to work out what to do with that. So I I liked how all of that worked out. I thought it was uh, pretty good. I will say, this isn't a thing that bothered me, it's just an observation point. I didn't quite understand. So from when Jane is like dying, dying near the end, and Gore is like near that statue thing, I didn't understand any of those mechanics. But I liked the outcome of what happened. So therefore, I'm not bothered that I didn't understand the mechanics. If it was I didn't understand understand the mechanics, and a weird choice had been made then I would have like had a bit more of a problem but I didn't so that's uh that's really good uh the thing I mentioned with Korg by the way um <coughs> so he disintegrates at one point because he's made of stones or whatever <laughs> and they managed to pick up his face uh or Valkyrie picks up his face and he's like hey turns out part that's like the heart of us or whatever is the face she carries his face around? <laughs> I thought that was good. This is where Tahika's comedy is working better for me. These these types of things with with Korg, um, and with a lot of the lines that are delivered. Because um, first of all, it was like, oh no, you're not killing off Korg, are you? Nah, nah, you're not. You're not going to do that. And then he's like, is broken, and Thor turns around and realizes like. He's there, and I was like, "No, you're not doing. No, you're not doing that, are you?" And then he picks up his face, and I was like, oh, "Okay, <laughs> that's fine." Uh, so that was uh, that was quite good. Um, one uh, one character death thing I didn't really understand. Again, these are MCU comic book god characters, so there's certain there's certain grounded rules that can be broken. So at one point, Thor takes the lightning bolt from Zeus, puts his electricity, not electricity, you know what I mean, he powers it up, he throws it through Zeus's body, he gets cut clean through, and then gets like flung out the window. Now I didn't think he was dead, I thought, I also knew he wasn't going to be, because I knew that the post credit scene was going to be... Um, Hercules so anyway but you get to that post credit scene with him and like he's being like patched up it, it's either I don't understand how Zeus works as a character which is I'll I'll, I'll take that but I don't know it, it felt at the time like because they, they did that and I was like oh no he's probably not dead because he's in a scene later on that I know about here, but the other, the rest of the audience might not. But I don't know. That that does think like I don't know. That kind of happens, doesn't it, in comic book films and some some of these sorts of films where you've got these super powered characters that survive impossible things. I don't know. It, it happens. So that that was a small sticking point for me, but I can kind of forget that. So. Um, good to see uh, Sif back as well, Jamie Alexander. We've not seen her for more than a while. Uh, when did we last see her? Was she in Endgame? I think she was in Endgame, wasn't she? Sure, she was part of like the the big famous Avengers Assemble lineup, big MCU thing. I'm sure she was in that because like everybody was, weren't they? Uh, Valkyrie was there. Guardians was there. Korg was there. Thor was certainly there. Um, I think Lady Sif. I think it's Lady Sif is her name, isn't it? Um, I think she was there, wasn't she? But uh, she's arguably not like a main character. She's like she's a character within Thor's kind of films and stuff. Uh, she's still a great character, but she's not like a mainline MCU sort of character. Um, but she was good to to have back. 
as well, even if it was kind of briefly. They could do with doing a bit more with Lady Sif, um, but they did say Thor would return, and I'm going to guess that we're probably going to get a Thor 5 at um, at some point. Uh, what else do we want to talk about? Yeah, Guardians were great. Star-Lord, um, that was more like comedy fun between Star-Lord and, and Thor, but I, I really, really enjoyed that. I'll tell you something that helped me, actually, as well. Now, I never disliked the Guardians characters. I always liked them. I thought they were good. One of the main big points of the Guardians is the comedic chemistry between the group, right? You know, you've got Groot, you've got Rocket, you've got Drax, uh, you've got Mantis, Nebula, um... What's her name? The other one. Uh, Gamora, that's her name. Uh, and then you've obviously got Star-Lord and you've got... Or, or you got all those characters, right? Um, when I had finished playing the Guardians of the Galaxy game, which gives you a lot more time in a row, because obviously the Guardians films are, what, two hours-ish each, so about four hours. But that's like short amount of time with the characters and then you're finished, right? After playing the Square Enix uh, Adios Montreal game, which is where you would spend about 12, 12, 15 hours with these characters, I liked them even more after that. So going from that game to this film and seeing the Guardians again back in obviously live action, different actors playing them and that sort of stuff, actually helped me even more. And I just ended up, big. Uh, long story short, I've ended up sort of just liking the Guardians even more each time I've seen them. Because um, I liked Guardians 1, I liked Guardians 2 even more, I liked the game once I'd got past my certain gameplay-ish issues with it, and then I liked them again here. And it's a good thing, because the Guardians 3 is coming out. I want to say something about James Gunn and Tahika Wahiti as well, while we're on the subject of the Guardians. I don't think the Guardians need James Gunn. But I think James Gunn needs the Guardians. Because if you liked the Suicide Squad film that James Gunn did. And if you liked Peacemaker. Cool. I'm glad you enjoyed them. I did not. Um, I liked parts. I liked characters and parts within the Suicide Squad film. I did not like that actual film itself. I don't think it's terrible. I just didn't particularly like it. And I watched the first episode of Peacemaker. And I hated it. But I also didn't like Peacemaker in the Suicide Squad, so the likeliness of me liking the likeliness of me liking a a show about a character from an ensemble group of a character that I don't like was very low, right? But I thought I'll give it a chance. I wanted to do it for like a podcast thing. Nothing wrong with John Cena; he's very good at doing that character. But I do not like that character. So to me, on the DC side of things with James Gunn, to me, it's not worked. And although you don't get loads of time with the Guardians here, there's an, there was just enough time. And plus the game that I played, which has still got that great comedic chemistry and comedic, you know, relationships and stuff between the characters. James Gunn ain't involved in that. Again, different media, you know, there's 15 hours there or whatever, and it's obviously a, a video game. But that's, do you get what I mean? That same character, the, the ensemble group thing that you got going on that you write towards... It doesn't need James Gunn. So I don't know what that means in terms of like. Because basically outside of Guardians. I don't really rate James Gunn basically. Because <laughs> I, I, th- I think James Gunn's done a great job with Guardians 1 and 2. Don't get me wrong. I like those films. I like his work in those films. I do not think that group needs him as a director. I almost wonder some some people might some people might scream at this idea. I wonder what Tahika Wahiti could do with a Guardians film. I wonder cuz I do prefer him as a director. Um yeah, I do. Um I mean I I I mean I like uh Thor Love and Thunder more than the Suicide Squad stuff, and certainly more than Peacemaker, but I'd be curious to see what he could do with with them, because they are in this film, uh, granted it's got Thor there as well as got like more characters for them to bounce off of, but 
there's still some pretty good stuff in here with the Guardians. It's it's short, but yeah, it just made me think that like you you lot don't need James Gunn as a as a director. And of course, it will be directing the third film. I will be going to see it when that comes out. I think next year, whenever it was. But I just thought that was interesting to to kind of look at that whole scope of the James Gunn thing and what he what Tahik has done here, and what James has got, James has done with the Guardians in the past and like his DC side of stuff. I just thought there was a there was a discussion point for me to touch upon there. So um, anything else for me to talk about? Uh, I I'll talk about the. I want to talk about the goats because I've sort of mentioned it here and there and not really, not really got onto it properly. I'll talk about the goats and I'll talk about um, uh, the post credits scenes and stuff like that, or the, the Hercules thing. The goats made me laugh almost every single time that they screamed. I thought it was so funny. And you know those internet videos that we all watch, right? Because we're human beings and we love to, you know, scroll through YouTube and watch silly internet videos and stuff and whatever. Um, that whole, like, <laughs> the, the the goat screaming thing that we've seen in, like, you know, Twitter videos and, like, social media videos, right? I usually find that funny, as long as the content within what the person is making is quite funny. Every single, every single point in this film that they scream, it hits right at a good moment. Of where like oh yeah it makes sense that they scream here but it's funny it, and, it, and it's weird to it is weird in a way to laugh at an animal screaming because that's what's happening but it's done for a comedic purpose it's not like these it's not like these goats are in a corner and they're being whipped or something and they're screaming and you're laughing at that it's because they're doing clumsy it's the clumsy comedy of them screaming at what's happening but it's funny I, f- I found it really funny and in other films where you have it in certain moments. I, I usually laugh at it. I think it's quite funny. It has to be used in a good moment. In a, in a good thing. There's certain. You know. Social media content that I have watched. I was like. Oh no. You don't really use that well. So. Again. Good job to Hika with that. I, th- I thought that was. Uh, that was pretty good. So. And they don't. They don't overstay their. They don't overstay their welcome. They're not completely overused. They're not used for like. Ten minute stretches or anything. Um, they're very much a side thing within this film. And I thought they were great. Um, speaking of like balance and stuff, something I just wanted to comment on as well. Some people would have co- were a bit nervous that like, oh, is Jane gonna take all the screen time from Thor? Is it gonna be her th- film, and he's gonna be, he's gonna be pushed to the side? No, no, I I didn't think that at all. I think that they're given both equal opportunity. This still very much feels like Thor's film, the Chris Hemsworth Thor. It still feels like his film. Certainly, he's still very much the main you know, character here, and the main thing involved in what's going on, um, but I think Jane was, was awesome too, um, yeah, I really, really did, so no, no, no question, there's not really much for me to discuss there, I, I think they balanced that really, really well, so, uh, last thing to talk about then, I suppose, is, um, uh, Hercules, Hercules, so of course not the Disney version of Hercules, I do really like that film by the way, it's one of my uh, childhood films, the the animated Disney Hercules film. So Roy Kent from Ted Lasso, eh? Um, what's the guy's name actually? Um, Roy, Roy Kent, Brett Goldstein, that's it. Um, I'm somebody who watches, uh, by the way I recommend Ted Lasso, it's on Apple TV Plus, we do have a dedicated podcast for it it's only got one more season coming out um be a Bert Goldstein as Hercules I'd heard some rumors a bit a while ago I mean this is the MCU and whatever there's always rumors about stuff isn't there um he's pretty good and he's got a bit because I I what have I seen him in here apparently he was in Derek Ted Lasso of course super Bob I don't know what that is um not seen much that he's been in, apparently. Got like Adult Life, Bullet to the Heart, Soulmates. Not seen any of those. Oh, I've seen Drifters. That's that E4 comedy that I wished had continued. Uh, Hoff the Record, Uncle. No, I've not seen any of these other things. So I've really only seen him in Derek briefly here, and mostly in Ted Lasso. He is very, very good 
balancing comedy and drama. Because Roy Kent can do both. Or Brett Goldstein as Roy, who's in Ted Lasso. Um, he could, he's, he's a very, very, very good actor. Um, I think he won an Emmy or something recently. He I think he won an award for something recently. Really good actor. Uh, he's a very good get for the uh, for the MCU. Um, and as soon as I saw him as Hercules, I was like, yeah, no, that makes sense. And even when I'd heard rumors about that happening a while ago, I was like, yeah, I could see, I could kind of see that sort of work. And he's certainly got the physique. He's certainly got the look as well. Uh, of of the particular like look that they're going for. I mean, if you look at this version of Hercules, then you go and look at Disney's animated version. Again, different interpretations, which is the important thing to remember. If you look at Zeus in Zack Snyder's Justice League, and you look at Zeus here, clearly different interpretations of characters. That's an important thing to remember. That you can do different interpretations of characters. It's like looking at Lightyear and then Buzz Lightyear. Different interpretations of characters. Uh, one is the human version of Lightyear, and one is the toy based off of the guy. It is not hard to understand. Can everybody stop getting so confused about it? Including, for some reason, Tom Hanks and Tim Allen, who I very much both love, but I'm confused with everybody. So, <laughs> uh, the, the the confusion around Lightyear really bugs me because I, I don't understand the confusion. But anyway, that's Toy Story. Never mind. Um, yeah. Uh, but different uh, different interpretation. But I think this interpretation of what they're possibly going here for Hercules. I think Brett Goldstein's going to do a very good job here. Um, I think he'll fit really well with like the MCU's version of comedy. And when they want to do more heartfelt stuff, more emotional stuff. My point is he's got a very good range, is, is what I'm trying to say. Um, which he's displayed in... I mean, see, I mean, two seasons of Ted Lasso I've seen aren't even that long. Um, they're like... 30 something minute episodes I think they're 8 to 10 episodes a season so it's not even that much time but um, he's he's been very very impressive in that show is is the point so I'm looking forward to seeing that um, I wonder because I was looking at um, Gore who again could come back because this is the MCU I would like to see a film or a TV show it doesn't really matter to me with Gore, Hercules, Zeus, Moon Knight, you know, those those characters that the MCU's got going on. So if you had Gore, Zeus, Hercules, Thor, um, obviously like Jane, Valkyrie, all, all the, uh, um, Korg, all, all those characters... I think, you got, and that's probably where they're going, right, with this whole, like, god butcher thing or whatever they're doing. Uh, like, the Battle of the Gods thing. Uh, there's probably a comic book based off of it and whatever. They're clearly setting up something with that. I mean, Heimdall here is, is, is back as well, of course. Um, you you got something interesting that you're setting up there. Um, actually, would Moon Knight be a good choice for that? I don't know. I don't, know if, I don't know. Maybe maybe I've said that wrong there, but uh, anyway, this is great potential so far. And th- this is one thing I really really love about the MCU. The MCU's got to such a point where there's different parts of the MCU that are trying to do different things that are trying to culminate in towards something. The MCU's got so many options, so 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 many options. They've got so many characters, so many different things you could do with the characters, so many villains kind of floating around because we've still got Kang and we've still got all these other characters and now we've got Hercules and we've got Zeus all this other kind of stuff going on we've got the multiverse I mean when you've got something like the MCU that has got as many characters as it's got and has got a multiverse which is open there's there's no real limit to what you can do and there's no more sort of like rights issues apart from the Sony Spider-Man stuff because I'd love to see Venom in this universe properly, and Carnage in this universe properly, and Morbius not be a meme, and be in this universe properly. Uh, I still don't see Morbius, by the way. I've got not much intention to actually do that. Uh, yeah, there's there's lots of options, which is good, which is very very good. So anyway, that's it. My review for Thor: Love and Thunder. Um, I, as you can tell, I really really enjoyed it. Um, let me know what you think. Did you enjoy it? Did you not? I've I've seen some mixed opinions. I've seen some people say like, "Oh, this character is now just a joke" or whatever. Some people say like, "Oh, I really love this film." So you know, 
opinions are opinions we can think whatever we want to think um not every film is made for everybody so not not everybody's going to enjoy every film it's just the way that it is but you can let me know your opinion did you like it did you not what do you think of the post-credit scenes what do you think it means for the future like with jane and with hercules and with heimdall and everything else what did you think of the goats <laughs> and what do you think of what i said about tahika wahiti and james gunn what's your uh, opinion on the whole dc side of stuff there and everything else let me know matthew at entertainmenttalk.org twitter etalk uk there's a contact page and information in your show notes so let me know what you think also i coughed less during this episode which is good as well um <coughs> there we go uh so uh hopefully i'm feeling better i was i was feeling I'll tell you what last couple of days have been pretty sick as i've mentioned i felt great when i was in the cinema i felt really really good probably because i watched something that i really really enjoyed see i had a bit of a worry that you know when you're sick and you're watching something that you should be enjoying but you're not enjoying it because you're feeling sick i was kind of looking at this film and thinking i think i'm going to really enjoy this which i ended up doing and i thought i don't really want to see this if i'm sick and it ends up you know me not enjoying it but hmm, it all worked out pretty well which is good Anyway, you can find all the rest of our content uh, on entertainmenttalk.org or podcast platforms by looking for Entertainment Talk. Um, that's for TV, games, films, main night podcasts. If you want to write in with your thoughts and everything, Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org, Twitter, eTalk UK, contact page information in your show notes. There's also the email box on the website version of the episode. You can write in to that and a clickable email name in your show notes as well if you want to support entertainment talk in other ways other than just listening to our episodes which you can find on entertainmenttalk.org and podcast platforms you can also tell other people simply by just telling them telling them about what we do and where they can find it you can also use social media share the episodes around on those uh platforms social media platforms of your choice do that as well if you'd like to uh patreon five dollar ten dollar level tiers for the ad free podcast review options have a look at that as well if you'd like to for all of those things uh tv and film news uh geek town radio is not ongoing weekly at the moment david is on holiday he has been posting stuff however so news articles have still been going up on geektown.co.uk uh so check out that website that i just mentioned geektown geektown.co.uk is for tv and your film news hosted by david or run by david so check out all of that Bex is streaming very regularly still over on Twitch. If you want some fun content over on Twitch, go and check out her channel, which is Trista, B-Y-T-E-S, for retro games, laughter, fun, because we all like to have fun, don't we? Uh, Retro games, laughter, fun, and Tomb Raider and all that good stuff as well. You can also find me as well on Twitch at eTalkUK for my different gaming streams and for the FIFA career mode episodes, all that sort of stuff. If you've missed any of those, all the game clips, all all updated and archived over on your YouTube channel, which is Entertainment Talk Plays. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. Goodbye.